listening to Real Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Muna. And I'm your host, Clifford. Let's get into it. Hey, Muna, how are you? I'm good. Happy Wednesday, or as people call it, happy hump day. How are you doing? I'm doing good, yeah. How's your week been? It's been productive, but I guess it's it's like that every week, in all fairness. has been pretty, pretty busy. But um, I guess that's the world of uh, TV, media, you know? Yeah, have you been like to the gym? Any new experiences in the past couple of weeks? I know it's been since our last episode. Yeah, so um, there's a gym that recently opened in my area and uh, they have what they call the yard, which is a combination of like high intensity workout, which includes like boxing bags. Uh, they do encourage you to bring your own boxing gloves, but they, they do have ones you can loan. I bought my own due to personal hygiene and I I want my own gloves, you know what I mean? So that was good. Like I did my official work day last Saturday. My arms are killing. (laughs) And then I went again yesterday just to uh, recap the workout that I did. So it's going well. It's going well. It's It's very new. It's literally within walking distance and at least it gives me that push to kind of get back into exercising and get back into that routine that I was, you know, pre-COVID. Because my whole body is just like, whoa, what are you doing to me? <laughs> what about you? It's the same old, same old. I've been to a few other things. Like um, I went to the Taste Food Festival, which we'll discuss in more detail later on in the podcast. I've um, been back to the gym as per usual been cycling but my brakes are worn so I need to get them fixed but yeah let's just jump into things and it's been very very eventful so let's start with the Olympic Games which are currently in Tokyo so our first topic of discussion is um, superwoman um, Simone Biles um, at the Olympics she's decided to um, exit the Olympics due to health issues again similar to Naomi Osaka yeah, uh, yeah. She's had mental health reasons as why she's decided to leave the competition. And as per usual, your favourite Twitter pundit, Piers Morgan, has got something to say. I mean, he were doing it. One, she's a black woman, the most celebrated athlete of all times. Like, even Twitter made, like, a, a hashtag, like, goat... Uh, no, uh, a goat emoji for her, Yeah. And I just knew Piers Morgan was going to, like, tune in. He he has a tendency of doing that anyway. But you know what? Kudos on her. Like, I applaud her for doing it because, you know, being aware of your mental health and your state of mind is so important. I don't think it's discussed that much. A lot in sports, you, you rarely see people actually, you know, withdraw or have a timeout for their own mental state of mind. So I applaud her for that. And a lot of people have been showing her support. It's just you just have these narrow-minded individuals that just think, oh, you're withdrawing because of this. It's an important factor in a human being. Like, if you're not right, how are you going to perform to your best of your ability, you know? So... The um, training that these athletes go through, the discipline that they have to show, if they decide that they cannot compete anymore because it's detrimental to their mental health, and people should respect that and understand it, especially in this point in time where there's so much information about mental health. We've gone through almost like a, a second pandemic and the world's trying to get back to normal. And then you've got these people who are just being insensitive on social media and getting paid for it, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, she even said herself that she didn't feel right. She was like, you know, I don't feel right within myself and I feel on edge. So the fact that she was aware of that and thought, you know what, I really need to take care of myself because like for her, the importance is if your mental you know, health and your state of mind is not at that point, then you won't compete or you won't kind of perform to the best of your ability. And she was like, sport has always been a passion for her. So if her mental is low, then her performance is going to be low as well. Like people need to understand, like she's obviously set such a high expectation. She's, you know, we've put her up on a pedestal because of how outstanding and, you know, how amazing she is, the black excellence that she just oozes. So she's obviously feeling that, that level of expectation. She even mentioned herself that, you know, that she feels that there's the weight of the world on her shoulders. That is a lot for a 24 year old to kind of go through. And on top of that, to be expected to perform the way she, she does normally. Nah, man, I applaud her. Like, you know, she had to do what she needed to do for herself. Cause at the end of the day, it's her life. And if she feels she needs a timeout, she needs a timeout. Yeah, so again, other people are just chiming me on social media. So I've been on Twitter and I saw a quote which was pinned from Dr. Shola Moss, Shokamanu, and it perfectly summarizes everyone's thoughts and feelings in terms of related specifically to Piers Morgan. So the okay. problem with Piers Morgan isn't him just being an obtuse absurdity, but that our society rewards him for using whiteness, power, and influence to stalk and aggravate racism, bigotry, and dehumanize mental health of black women. Then she's hashtag Simone Biles, hashtag Naomi Osaka, and hashtag Meghan Markle. And he knows it, and it, like he makes a living out of it and being controversial because. I think he, I think he thrives off it. Do you know what I mean? He thrives to see people, you know, going through things, and he just feels like, yeah, I'm gonna chime in because you know I can. And it's just like you're ridiculous. Go away. I just, like, I I can't stand that man. And I'm not going to give him any more airtime on our podcast. (laughs) But I do wish that Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, you know, do feel better. I hope their mental health and state is at that stage where they feel healthy. And, yeah, like, I just wish them all the best. It's so important to kind of take care of yourself because you need to. If you don't take care of yourself, who's going to take care of you? It begins with you. Yeah, so on to our next subject. So we're going to talk about Dave, and he has a new album out. Yes, tell us more about it. I mean, I've only heard a few tracks from Dave's album. Um, I came across it through Apple Music, the Agenda playlist. So it just had like two or three tracks. I think there was one with Stormzy called Clash, and there was another one, I think it's in the fire but there was a few other artists within that track overall i mean i've seen how it's exploded on social media everyone has just been praising him i mean you can tell he's not only musically talented but in terms of the artistry the artists that he you know had kind of collaborate and feature on his tracks are just on point and this is only going by two or three songs but i know you mentioned earlier on that you have heard it twice the album um, if you can just kind of give me an overview of what you thought of it. Yeah, um, I listened to the album. It was nice to, it, it, I can even say, I listened to the album in full on the weekend. It was released on July the 22nd. It's like a perfect follow-up to the album Psychodrama. 
which was released in 20, I want to say 2018. It was 2018. I remember going to Glastonbury, having an amazing time. This was before the pandemic, and then seeing Dave perform live, and that set was electric. Even that year of Glastonbury, I don't know, something about it was just iconic. Stormzy performed, Dave yeah. performed, Tracy, Sean Paul was there, like Janet Jackson performed. There were so many different highlights. Coffee performed. I'm telling you, Clifford, it's the black well, excellence, a, the black excellence out there. It's, it's just, just like, it's beautiful to see. It was incredible. But back to Dave's album, which is called We're All In This Together, it was cohesive. But people were mentioning that there was a tweet or a hashtag on Twitter saying Dave's album is boring. Really? But in terms of what I took from it, I found it very inspiring. It fit in perfectly in terms of where Dave's at now. It told his story. It gave insight into his personal life, what he has been through to make it to where he is today, what his mother went through to make it to where they are today, where he has been in terms of his relationships and the life he led before he was famous. So it's great insights into that aspect of who Dave is as an artist. And then he also had a collaboration with Trackstar where they did some merch for this album, which was banging also. The tracks that specifically stood out to me were the lead single that he's got with Stormzy, Clash, an amazing track in itself. And the fire with all of those other UK artists on it as well. I don't want to ruin it to say who's on No, of course, but I mean, it's always nice to give a teaser. They can guess which artists are on this track. But yeah, it's an hour in total and it's 12 tracks. And it just goes to show the level of Dave's artistry now in terms of how he's created himself as an artist and how respected he is as an artist amongst his peers because he's got features on this album with Stormzy, Wizkid, Snow Allegra, and James Blake, to name a few. So it's definitely worth listening to. And I would say, yeah, it's an hour long. Listen to it and formulate your own opinion. That's what I would say. The merch drop as well is the same colorway as the album Sleeve, which is a sort of pink pastel kind of colorway and then yeah t-shirts pink and black like it's a typical sort of track star collaboration but i think it's already sold out everywhere it's t-shirts it's track suits it's it's merch done in a really a really unique sort of london way what stood out to you um well i came across and i guess this this was kind of going around at the time when he released uh, the single Clash featuring Stormzy that um, everyone thought it was like Stormzy having another dig with that whole chip fiasco thing and I was like oh my god I thought that was like buried like this is like you know highlighting Dave's kind of single and like you know really listening to it but um, overall I've only heard two or three songs so I can't really make an actual uh, judgment on it but from the three songs that I've heard so far, I, I actually, I really enjoy them. His lyrics just flow so elegantly. He is like, he is really, really clever in terms of how he spits the melodies along with it as well. The people that he, you know, collaborates with, he's like, it's very kind of fine tuned and you can tell like he put a lot of thought into this album. I also came across on the Shade Borough that his album now is going to be like number one or it's kind of potentially at, at number one. So, and it only came out last week. So to, to, see, to see that is a great improvement for him. But I've always kind of admired him as an artist and his work. He's, he's, re, he's a really good rapper. I've, I feel like he's definitely someone 
um, an artist to kind of watch out. I will definitely check out his whole album. I've downloaded it on Apple Music, so I will listen to those 12 tracks, those three tracks again, and yeah, let you know how I think about it. Good. So let's move on to our next discussion piece, which is uh, Marcus Rashford's mural, which was vandalised after England's exit from Euro 2020. Yeah. We discussed on the last um, podcast in terms of um, everyone thinking it was coming home, it not coming home, and then so like social media specifically, Twitter, just being awash with crazy comments, like just showing that people were ignorant and blatantly racist when it came to football, which we thought was uniting everybody. But again, the racism jumps out to just reinforce that, oh, this is the reality of what the experience, lived experiences in 2021. It's just crazy, but you know, this clarity, what can you do? Have the mural itself, which was vandalized, people put together a GoFundMe and they managed to raise £40,000 in donations to get the mural repaired. Marcus Rashford saw this and decided that he would match that to basically donate to children's charities for people or children who didn't have meals, basically. This is what I mean. This is the type of guy that Marcus Rashford is. He is the type of guy that will help out those in need. And because of what happened at Euro 2020 at the final, I just I just think a load of it was just, one, it was definitely uncalled for. Two, it's just complete racism, you know, and it just goes to show you that there's a lot of people here as we mentioned in the previous episode, like had it have not happened, it would still be under surface that, you know, racism exists. Like people just assume that there aren't any racist people in the UK. No, you're wrong. But some people just do it elegantly and some are quite rude. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, as brass yeah, as yeah, certain yeah, countries like the so, States, yeah. but it's there. But to know that, because um, I did come across that uh, donation page, and it was it was just amazing to see that they were able to raise forty thousand, and then he doubled that in order to help those that need to eat. And I just think it's like it's people like that. It's like people should recognise that kind of level of service that he offers, and it's not just about the colour of his skin. Like it's what he does for society. It's how he handles himself, and yeah, like I just think people are just you know. What can you do? Like, you can't, like... There's just... There's so much that you can say to drill it in into someone's head, like... And then there's others that are just going to be completely oblivious oblivious to it. But when I came across the uh, memorial that he had and it was vandalised, I was like, oh, my God, seriously, are people really going that far? And then it was covered with all of these kind of beautiful messages, flowers and so forth. And then to see that... They did a donation, bam, 40k was raised, and then he then doubled that. It just goes to show you what kind of person he is. And as as much as, you know, he goes through a lot of these kind of racial abuses and stuff like that, you know, he still sees the bigger picture and will continue helping for the better cause. Facts, and you know, um, he's utilised where he's come from, his social class and his excellence to sort of leverage media coverage, which when it comes to Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford, let's be honest, they've always been in this in the press where people have tried to negatively detract from them. Oh of and, course. And yeah. young men at their age. It's easy money for the tabloids, isn't it? 
Yeah, but as young men at their age, the level of maturity and responsibility that they show and their philanthropy and the way they continue to support causes that raise awareness and they raise funds for these charities. It's incredible, you know, it's a testament to who they are as people and they are amazing role models, you know? Exactly, they're amazing role models. Raising awareness, like you said. Give give back as much. And it's like, this is is the reason why they um, receive MBEs, you know? sports people but they're also paving a way for the next generation you know by by doing all of this by raising the awareness by being these role models for them you know they're they're paving that next path for for the younger generation to be like look you can do these things and more you know you just need that right kind of support and i'm i'm here lending you that hand and i think uh another thing as well like i've noticed i'm not saying that you know not a lot of footballers do charitable work. I don't know. I don't kind of, I don't pre every footballer, but I've noticed that with Rashford, he's very, he's very good with it. And may, maybe it's a way to show other footballers, like, you know, you can bring out. That's the thing. It's not for everybody. And not everybody has to be passionate about charity and philanthropy. But the fact that is him and that's him, that's unique to him. That's what makes it excellent because it's his own lived experience and what he's passionate about. Some people might be passionate about um, clothes and fashion and decide to dress really well. And that's just where their, their commitment stops after them being a footballer. But for Marcus to be so passionate about these causes, you know, when he has already made his money, he, just, he continues to give back to the community that helped make him the man he is today. And I commend that. It's really commendable. I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Yeah, he's he's a great person. He's doing he's doing credible things. You know, I will continue to wish him all the best and especially for his charitable work. It's just amazing to see that someone so young and so passionate doing all of these kind of causes and raising awareness. It's it's definitely something that we need in society. We need more people kind of with that type of attitude. So yeah, I applaud him. On to our next subject. I know this is something that you've kind of been in tune with. Love Island. Today, I'm hearing the TR saying it's spicing up, you know. Uh, compared to other episodes that have been out or ever, other series of Love Island, it's not quite hitting the mark. Yes, they bring in some new improvements and they've got a more diverse cast, but it seems like everyone seems to be playing it safe and, you know, no one's really shaking up and giving it what it needs to give. Okay, I mean... But- do you not want to kind of give a recap of it? Um, not because so we, we haven't really spoken about Love Island, so... Not really at this point, because this week is Castle Amor where people's heads are going to be turned. So it'll be best to save that for next week. Okay. So guys, next well, it's week... It's actually soon, isn't it? A lot of people on social media have been saying this season of UK Love Island has been very dry. But I know from Monday, Castle Amor has started. There are a few characters in there. So by next week, we'll be able to tell you Who's a side man? Who's crazy? Who's a hunter and why? So make sure you tune into next week's episode because we'll be giving you the full rundown of Love Island 2021 K edition. Damn, I need to catch up then because it sounds like it's going to be spicy next week. (laughs) It definitely will be. Okay, so we're going to talk about influencer Corinne Lawani, who I've got this article via the Shade Bar on Instagram. She pled guilty to money laundering, guys. And pitiful. 
Just go through the article and summarise it briefly. The influencer who went viral earlier this year for her TikTok that expressed how she wasn't a dark-skinned woman, Carney Loani, is currently awaiting sentencing for money laundering. Carney's bank account was used to transfer crime proceeds from a scam invoice payment. The 22-year-old, who was also studying psychology, pleaded guilty to the crime after offering to help a man on Snapchat who needed an account. Deputy Garda... John Saunderson told Dublin District Court that 5,430 euros was transferred into Carney's personal TSB bank account earlier this year. When questioned about her allowing her bank account to be used in the transfer of stolen money, she replied, I unknowingly allowed it. If I had known, I wouldn't have. Carly Lawani is currently pregnant, handed a written letter of apology to the court along with one of her partner. Damn, is all I'm going to say about that one. What are your thoughts? Like, how, how, like, how? Why? The clout, you know, these influencers, they thought, you know, like, they were wanting to do... But you're already in the public eye, and what I mean by that is you're in the public social media eye, so why would you go, why would you do that? You've now tainted your name, for what? And I'm looking at the figure, it was like, not even 5,000 pounds, like, euros? Yeah, so it's like, it ain't even... Not, I'm not condoning money laundering, but I personally don't understand it. And she's so young as well, so to to be caught in all of this, you know. No, that's how she's going to be sentenced. So you know, we wish her well, and you know, enjoy your time in prison. So anyway, on to our. Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's pregnant as well, so that's another thing to take on board. Like, damn, like yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But, you know, it was wrong. And the fact that she knew what she was doing as well, you can't even, you can't even say you were not at the right mental state of mind. We're scripting to it. Someone wanted to do a scam and put it on Snapchat. Like, it doesn't even look like they DM'd you or knew you just thought, yeah, let me just do a little. But yeah. Think you couldn't get caught, nah? So let's move on to our next subject. Two parts, just in brief because I know you guys have been listening to our podcast for a long time now, you know. We want to keep things concise and we've got our next episode coming, which is going to be even more juicier and full of more information. So I don't know if you've been made aware, there's been an addition to the Yam Carnival performance list. It's an artist who is a legend in dancehall. Listen, when I saw that name drop. By the name of Beanie Man. It's going to be Beanie Man. It's going to be incredible. That's one thing to mention. The second thing to mention is there is an amazing food festival called the Taste of London Festival taking part in Regent's Park. It is basically an array of tastes from like the best chefs in London. It's all kind of subsidized. You pay for it like as if you're going to a festival like say Wireless. You can pay for a standard ticket for entry or you can pay for a VIP ticket. The VIP ticket gives you access to a VIP area where you can take the food in from the festival, sit down and eat. And then you're also entitled to a free glass or complimentary glass of champagne. So nice, that's nice. I mean, can I just say, I was so excited. I, was, I think I was gassed when I saw Beanie Man just pop up on the Yam Festival announcement. I was like, oh my God, this is big. This is going to be cool. But now Beanie Man. You know, but also for uh, our Muslim listeners or those that prefer to eat halal meat, there is a halal food festival on the 25th and the 26th of September. It's based in Zion Park in Brentford. 
So it's literally similar to how the uh, London Food Festival is in Regent's Park. It's, it's going to have the same kind of flow where you just have a stream filled of like different stores from different cuisines of the world and you get to experience different food and just eat to your heart's content. So I went to the last Halal Food Festival, which was based in East London in Docks. And it was just amazing. Uh, I, I couldn't finish the food because my eyes are always big when I order food. But it was just lovely to see the amount of different kind of cuisines from different countries all over the world all coming together and just just sharing, you know, just showing you like this is my food from home. And I'm like, perfect. So I'm going to sign up to... I'm going to sign up to both. Why not? Um, and I'm definitely going to check it out. I think we should do like a little uh, episode on the festivals if we do decide to go. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'll probably... I do again. I don't know if it's even... I think it might just be for July. I don't actually know. But um, if, I, if I do decide to go to uh, either one of these festivals, I will definitely let you lot know. Um, I'm a big foodie. Um, I... I love exploring and trying different types of food. I love to kind of follow those on Instagram. So I believe I followed like London Food Festival, Halal Food Festival. So which anything that contains food, uh, anything that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. So it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. Yes, guys, if you are anyway affiliated with either the Halal Food Festival or the London Taste Festival, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And you can reach us out to us on our socials and invite us next time because we would love to cover it and do some more think pieces around it and just yeah. Oh definitely guys hit us up as Clifford said our socials is available and uh, yeah we're available on Instagram, Twitter and Clubhouse. Amazing. This has been great. It's been snip and precise. We've had like We've actually spoke about a lot of topics. It's a been... amount of time, that's how it should be. I love it, I love it. It's like these fire kind of topics and our opinions. But if you guys have any suggestions or if there's anything particular that you want us to talk about, give us a shout, send us a DM, send us a tweet. We're more than welcome to put it on the pods. Why not? You know, at the end of the day, this is for you guys. So, yeah. Uh, and the summer's just getting started, so make sure that you keep it. You know, just make sure that you keep listening, keep it locked. Stay moisturized and stay hydrated, guys. We entertain, educate, and inform. That's that's what oh, we wow. do. So, guys, um, do catch us on Clubhouse. If you want to invite, do let myself and Clifford know. We will be hosting a room under RTB After Show, which is Real Talk Podcast After Show at Saturday at 7 p.m. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. So, Instagram is at Real Talk Podcast underscore three times. And Twitter is at Real Talk Podcast with the number zero instead of the letter O. Thank you for tuning in. Well, well, that's all guys i hope you enjoyed it do check us out again on insta twitter and join us this saturday at 7 p.m on clubhouse i've been muna i've been clifford and you've been listening to real talk podcast share like and tell a friend and then tell a friend to tell a friend